Good morning, my friends, and Merry Christmas to you. Welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast on this Tuesday, December 29th. And uh, yeah, I just hope you had a marvelous Christmas. It has been almost a week since I've been with you and uh, wanted to check in and uh, and just do, like I said, I'm going to do, a, you know, two or three podcasts this week and just kind of as the spirit moves me. And this morning I was lying in bed. I'm on vacation. I'm off and uh, just really felt like, oh, I want to get up and read uh, the gospel. So here I am. Haven't even read all the way through it. But you know what? We have because it's a very familiar gospel, having heard it just two days ago. Uh, on the Feast of the Holy Family. So let's share our gospel. And then I think I'm just really going to talk about the incarnation this morning and what that means to me anyway and what I believe it means for us. So let's take a look. Luke 2, chapter 22 to 35, a longer gospel today. Almost identical to what we heard, a little bit of difference uh, from, uh, from this Sunday. Luke 2, 22 to 35, let's break it open. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. When the days were completed for their purification, according to the law law of Moses, the parents of Jesus took him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, just as it is written in the law of the Lord. Every male that opens the womb shall be consecrated to the Lord and to offer the sacrifice of a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons in accordance with the dictate in the law of the Lord. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, awaiting the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he should not see death before he had seen the Christ of the Lord. He came in the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to perform the custom of the law in regard to him, He took him into his arms and blessed God, saying, Lord, now let your servant go in peace. Your word has been fulfilled. My own eyes have seen the salvation which you prepared in the sight of every people, a light to reveal you to the nations and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother were amazed at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rise of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be contradicted, and you yourself a sword will pierce, so the that thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So basically, same gospel we heard this last weekend, uh, and poor Anna. Anna wasn't part of it today. Um, and uh, had we listened to it uh, you know, and gone those few verses further, we would have heard about the prophetess Anna and does something similar to Simeon, uh, waiting for the redemption of Israel. And they just knew of it, uh, that uh, that that period of purification, which is 40 days. Uh, that was in the law uh, of for the, the law being the, the five books of Israel. It was a Levitical law, I believe, in Leviticus, that the woman 
having give birth uh, by virtue of the blood uh, and everything involved was impure and had it to wait 40 days to be purified before then they could present. So that is why uh, the Christmas season used to last until February 2nd. Uh, and what we now have is uh, Candlemas on that day was the end of the Christmas season because that was the Feast of the Purification. Um, and, uh, of course, I wish you Merry Christmas because we are still within the octave of Christmas. As you know, we celebrate Christmas not just on December 5th, fifth, good Lord, Joe, December 25th. Uh, we celebrate it for eight days. It is such a high feast. We do this for two feast days. We do this for... Um, Christmas and Easter, we celebrate them not just for one day, we celebrate them for eight. And so we are in the octave, and we will conclude that octave on Friday. So it is still Christmas Day uh, here today, and so we wish you uh, Merry Christmas. So why, uh, why do we celebrate Christmas as, again, that high feast day? What, what is it about it? And, and to think you're going to unpack the mysteries of the Incarnation with a you know, a meathead podcast by me, uh, it would be, would be you expecting too much in me trying to think way too much of myself. I, I certainly cannot wrap my, my head and my mind and my spirit around this incredible feast day. But here's what I would say now. And I'm going to start with a, a quote, a wonderful quote by uh, the Jesuit uh, Pierre uh, Telhard de Chardin. And uh, what Chardin says is this. By virtue of the incarnation, all things are sacred for the one who has eyes to see. By virtue of the incarnation, all things are sacred. By virtue of the one who has has eyes to see. So, brothers and sisters, what where I would start is is that idea that the incarnation, what we celebrate here, is so much more than simply a birth two thousand years ago, um, and and saying happy birthday to a, to one person, Jesus, who came to Earth through uh, this woman Mary, but it is a connecting of heaven and earth in matter. We are not Christians are not people who say that that spirit is holy and matter is not and so anything you know of of uh, the earth is is uh, less and uh, and the spirit is good and and matters that's Gnosticism that is a heresy that they fought against in the early centuries we are not that in fact it is in matter where God finds a, or, or makes his home that's what we celebrate in the incarnation it is in this place that God finds his home and it becomes sacred by God's presence. And that is what we celebrate is the uniting of heaven and earth in the person Jesus. And by virtue of that, it everything, that spirit of God is everywhere and infuses itself within everything. Now, don't hear me incorrectly, brothers and sisters. I am not saying as Christians we are pantheists. In fact, that would be incorrect. Pantheism says that all things are God. So I would look on that rock and say that is that rock is God. And I would look on that tree and say that tree is God. And I would look on that animal and say that animal is God. No, that is pantheism. As Christians, what we are 
are panentheists. That extra en is makes all the difference. Pantheists see that thing as God. Panentheists, which we are, see and agree and understand that God infuses all things. That, that we carry a spark of the divine within us, not because I am God. Do not bow to me or one another. I mean, in the sense that we bow to one another out of respect. Yes, great. But we do not worship one another. We carry a spark of the divine in us by virtue of the incarnation. It's how Francis, when I said a couple of weeks ago, could, could do that marvelous canticle of the sun. We give you praise God through brother son because brother son carries the spark of the divine and we know more about God because of the son and its majesty and its strength and its warmth. And we give you praise uh, God through sister moon. And through brother light and sister fire and and sister earth and, and, uh, you know, all the different ones that he named because they carry something of the divine. We know more about God through the the wind and, and its strength and its invisible power. We know more about God because it, the, the, the giant oak in our yard and, and its rootedness. Um, and, and it's, and it's moving through seasons. We, we know more about God because of that, because God infuses God's self in it. It is not God, but God can infuses himself within his creation. And we know more about God through the, the loyalty of our puppies or the strength of the mighty lion or whatever it is, the, the, the dignity of the eagle or whatever, all of that points us through them to God. Now, lest you think I am, I am saying New Age things here, this is not New Age in the least. This is incredibly Catholic, incredibly so. The Eastern Church would call this the process of divinization, of coming to understand that we carry the divine within us. And the more we say yes to it, the more it manifests itself within us. We, as the Western church called this, the process of growing in holiness, of realizing we are infused with the spirit. The incarnation is this idea of matter and heaven coming together in earth. And we praise God that God is, is present to us. And the more we can say yes to it, the more we have eyes to see it, the more we bow before God. It's how Mother Teresa could say she saw Christ in the distressing disguise of the poor. All of that is incarnation. Do you know why, my friends? Do you know what we celebrate? It's because love cannot stay away. Love cannot stay distant. I don't know about you. Maybe you are um, in a young lover at this point, and you know exactly what I'm talking about. But maybe you're older like me, and you have to think back. What was it like when you first met your love? What did you feel? What were you going through? I remember a particular time Renee and I started dating when she was in Seattle and I was in Laramie, Wyoming. 
and we were both working and what it meant to fly to Seattle to go see her because I couldn't stay just writing letters and Laramie or talking on the phone that we had to be together. And then after like a week or so when I came back, Renee flew to Denver and, and drove up to Laramie. And then this crazy time where, where when she did that, she, she uh, came to Laramie and then she flew back to Milwaukee uh, and went up to Sheboygan because her family, her brother was getting married. And I had seen her two days earlier or three days earlier, but I was off and I missed her. And I hopped in the car and I drove 20 hours so I could hang out with her and show up surprised and say, here I am. Because you know why? Love doesn't stay away. It doesn't keep distant. Love, by virtue of its love, draws near. And that's what we celebrate with the incarnation. By virtue of the incarnation, all things are sacred for the one who has eyes to see. That's Talhar de Chardin, the, the great mystic, great uh, Jesuit of the early 20th century. By virtue of the incarnation, all things are sacred because they are infused with the Spirit of God. Love does not stay distant. It draws near. And that's what God did in the person of Christ. And by virtue of it, all things are sacred. Heaven and earth unite. We carry a spark of the divine with us because of God's goodness. Because God is not afraid to draw near. And we need to, all we need to do is look, look to see. I give you praise, God of the universe, through whatever it is, the distressing disguise of the poor, Mother Teresa would say, because she sees you in the poor. Brothers and sisters, in this period of incarnation, may we have the eyes to see and know that by virtue of God's gift, and drawing near out of love, we carry the divine in this matter. We become the manger scene by virtue of God's goodness. God is born within us. Let's pray. Uh, Luminous Mysteries this week, and uh, I'm just going to do the first one because this is the first podcast I've done this week, and because I love it. It's one of my favorites. Let's pray. And bring our intercessions before our Blessed Mother. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. The first luminous mystery, uh, the baptism of Christ. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. 
Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell. Lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. My friends, blessed Christmas to you on this fifth day in the octave. We are halfway through the octave. We have four more days to celebrate this Christmas. Celebrate it well. I will come to you ah, once or twice more this week just to celebrate alongside you. God's peace.